Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. When it comes to branding, this cowboy knows how to leave his mark. But when it comes to branding in the business world, we reached out to our friend Stephen Extract. Stephen is the director of Informa Marketing Global. It's a licensing group. We're talking about getting branded and licensing your product, or how do you license someone else's? We see it all the time, all these names on anything and everything, right here on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Stephen, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thank you, John. Good to be here. It's good to be speaking with you again. A lot has transpired since the last time I spoke with you. UBM Global Licensing is now called something else. Let's talk about that, and then let's move into the news of the day, the pandemic, the recession by incident that this has brought about. What happened with UBM Global Licensing, and what are you now? At the end of 2018, UBM Global Licensing Group and all of UBM was actually acquired by a larger events company called Informa. Informa is the largest business events company in the world and also the largest academic publisher in the world. Uh, Their base home office is in London, England, but we have about 8,000 employees spread out all over the world and we do events all over the world. So I am part of the Global Licensing Group, which is five events and one publication. And essentially, we are the go-to marketing, one-stop marketing for consumer products licensing. If you're in trademark licensing, whether you're a licensor or a licensee or a retailer, you come to our shows and you read our publications. And we're talking with Stephen Extract of the Informa Corporation, and they operate a website known as License Global. So you have been, as well as everybody on this planet that's living above a rock, impacted by this coronavirus. How has it changed your business model of these trade shows and such? What are you guys doing to facilitate your customers in licensing? Just to give the audience an overview Consumer products licensing is really both in consumer products that one goes out and buys, and it's also event-driven as well. So it would be in live stage shows, it would be in concerts, it's a lot of both events and products. So we have been significantly impacted because we put on live events. What we've decided to do is we're actually going to be doing a virtual licensing week, which will be June 15th through 18th. It's online. It's free to attend, and we can give the uh, website uh, later on. That link, as everything, will be here on the BizSoup website, where you can get in touch with Informa or Stephen, and right there with the transcripts and everything at bizsoup.com. So you've been impacted by having to take the physical show, which is so fun to go to, into the virtual. How are you making that presentation, and how can others do a similar type of presentation? What have you done to take it online in the virtual reality of the VR space? Fortunately, our company, because of its size, has a a really good um, technical division. What happened is going back to early March or mid-March, when the shutdowns first started to happen, we actually saw it coming a little bit sooner because we we have quite a few events that we do in China. So the events were starting to shut down in China in February, and our management realized that this could potentially impact the rest of the world. 
So they went to our technical division and said, what can we do to ameliorate some of this risk that we have? Do we have the capacity to do virtual events? And we were already down the road looking at virtual events because it's just something that is going to be something that people are going to need in the future anyway, whether it be live or virtual or a hybrid of that. So we had the technology. The hardest part was having all of our disparate different groups in the company come together. What we did is we did a group webinar to sort of learn on the fly how to put these on. How do you go out and sell a virtual booth to an exhibitor? How do you put together speaking opportunities for your keynote speaker and your panels and that kind of thing? So fortunately, we had a great tech department that was able to guide us. And our sales department, really, they saw the benefit to this. And they got on the phone to their customers, their exhibitors. And the exhibitors were so grateful because... A, you know, a lot of these companies spend fifty to a hundred thousand dollars to more. To, oh, easily to, to five hundred thousand to a million dollars on their booths. So the first order of business was to call them and say, you know what, we cannot do the show this year. Initially, we had postponed it from May to August, and then when we realized in August that we just couldn't do it, we couldn't get a guarantee from our venue in Vegas that they would even be open in August. So we called all of the exhibitors and we said, can't do it, guys. So sorry. We're going to refund all your money. But by the way, here's an opportunity to do something virtual. And I can't tell you the response, John, was amazing. We actually have a waiting list of companies that we can't even accommodate because we don't have the bandwidth. We had companies buying platinum sponsorships, gold sponsorships, silver sponsorships. It was just amazing because all of these companies need a communications tool to get reach their customers, which are retailers and manufacturers, as well as promotional partners, sure. quick service restaurants. And so they, they need to be able to reach them. They can't go out and see them in person. You know, a lot of the companies are scrambling. A lot of the companies are having a lot of issues. A big portion of our business, about 44% of trademark licensing that ends up with the consumer comes from the entertainment business. And Hollywood, as you know, has been really devastated by this whole um, pandemic because movie theaters have had to close, back up the movie releases. A lot of the consumer products that you see on store shelves are based on these films that are backed up now. So it's created an entire dysfunctional ecosystem and the need to communicate to retailers and to manufacturers about, well, guys, here's our plan. You know, we were able to offer that opportunity for them. So, and in a timely manner, we really scrambled. I mean, to be honest with you, we postponed our show that we had postponed to August. Literally two weeks ago, we made the decision to say, you know what, we're not doing it. And in the meantime, we were we had it in the works to put together this virtual licensing event. So, what we've done is we've actually divided the days into sort of brand categories. So typically when you walk into the show and you've been to the show, John. And you took my question away from me by saying, how did you break this down to where you're going to walk into a show and be able to go, well, you know what? I want to go over to this hall. And how does that break down? Typically, the way we break up the show is through categories. When you walk into the show, on your right hand side is entertainment and video games and digital brands. And then on your left-hand side are brands and lifestyle and art 
But obviously, we can't do that here. So what we're doing is we're breaking into days. So day one, which will be June 15th, will be our Brands and Lifestyle Day. And that's going to have a focus on Brands and Lifestyle. We actually will have a keynote speaker from Kraft Heinz, which, of course, is one of the largest consumer products brands out there. It's seeing an incredible resurgence in product sales. And, of course, a lot of these traditional food, like the Kraft Heinz brands, people are embracing that. In uncertain times, people go with well-known brands. And that's one of the things that we found over and over again through many, many, many recessions, whether it be the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, or you're going back to the economic dot-com crash of 2000, and certainly what happened after 9-11, what we find time and time again in our business is people look for comfort in brands that they know and they trust and they love. So our keynote on that brand and lifestyle day is going to be from the head of licensing at Kraft Heinz. He's going to talk about how they're seeing an increase in companies that want to license their brand for other products. Then on day two is character and entertainment. We actually will have a keynote from the president of Viacom CBS Consumer Products Licensing. That incorporates everything from Paramount Films to Nickelodeon, the kids' TV channel, MTV, VH1, BET, CBS, CBS All Access, which is their streaming platform, and she, her name is Pam Kaufman, she'll be talking about all the things they're doing that, that Viacom CBS is doing to respond to this. And certainly the amount of viewership that all of the streaming platforms and the networks are getting now is incredible. All right. So you have my attention. I'm a small business owner, as are my listeners on Business Soup, where they come for what I call the tips, tools, and techniques. Who should be watching this? Who should be attending this free online program that you have coming out? Who should be watching it and what should be their takeaway on how it will benefit their business and solve a problem that they may have? For small businesses, we know that they've been the most severely impacted by this pandemic. This really requires a lot of creativity right now to think about how do we get back to business, whether you're selling products through retail or whether you're a small restaurant or a dry cleaner or whatever you do, there are opportunities in licensing, right? And just to give people an idea, what is licensing? Basically, licensing is when you are leasing a trademark, a trademark of a well-known brand or entity, right, for your particular product or experience that you're offering as a way to come to market better, faster, quicker, and certainly sell more, right? So I've gotten a lot of calls, actually, John, from companies that have the ideas to create face masks. And they right. want to get the license for anything from Disney products to bands to video game characters, getting those calls all the time from small companies. A lot of the smaller companies in our business that manufacture T-shirts have stopped manufacturing T-shirts, and they're now manufacturing face masks. They're taking the T-shirt material, the cotton poly blend material from the T-shirt, and they're making them into face masks, and they're getting them on the market. And they're branding it with the names that they have authorization for. They want to get, you know, if it's a Mickey Mouse or if they want Donald Duck, they have to license that from Disney, and they would go through you. Well, they wouldn't go through me, but they would learn how to do it through us. Basically, we're a conduit to help people connect. We're a connector. So... Typically, what they would do is they would either use a 
agency that can match them up with a Disney or another brand, or they would go directly to Disney. Now, I can tell you, a company the size of Disney, which is by far the largest licensor in the world, they do about $70 billion a year in retail sales and licensed merchandise. They're very hard to get on the phone. Very hard to, <laughs> so you can imagine the, the volume, volume of calls that are coming in there. It's not their fault. It's just they can't manage the volume of calls with the staff they have. And that's one of the beauties of attending our show, whether it's virtual or not. We'll have matchmaking. We'll be able to set people up who are attendees with companies that are matchmakers. Basically, they have the contacts within Disney or within a Ubisoft or some other one of these large companies. They know how to get their foot in the door and represent a smaller business that might be looking for a license and then negotiate it on behalf of that smaller business as well. So if I've got a kiosk down the local mall here and I want to have Disney masks and I can't get Disney to pick up the phone, you would be a conduit to where, hey, how do I get a Disney logo on my mask? And you would be the conduit to get to them through your connections. Sure. Or certainly the conduit to hook that kiosk vendor up with a distributor who may already have the product because right. believe me, first thing a mask manufacturer thought is, oh, let me go out and put this Disney on my mask, the Disney characters. So we know that they're already out there in the marketplace. We know they exist. I mean, I can tell you, I'm, I'm seeing all kinds of masks. Every, pretty much every rock band from the seventies has masks out there now. <laughs> um, so they've been licensed. The question is, how do you get them? If you're a small business owner and you own a kiosk in a mall, or wherever it may be, you want to find a distributor who has access to that and then where you can buy from them so that you can sell them. Because those are obvious best sellers, right? If I have to wear a mask, you know what? Let me let it at least be fun. Let it be a fun mask. Let it be something that I feel akin to, a brand that I like, I feel akin to. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I want something that reflects my personality. And there isn't a character out there that it's not Disney, but it's Looney Tunes and it's uh, Foghorn Leghorn. That's the one that represents me. <laughs> We're talking with Stephen Extract. He is from the Informa Corporation, and they are one of the leaders in global licensing. And we're going to get back to the pandemic and this virtual reality presentation and, and how that distribution model is taking the place, at least temporarily, of the physical interaction between those who go to the licensing expos. If I am looking for a product, who am I and why would I go to virtual or physical expos? So we can break down our attendees this way. Probably the largest group of attendees are manufacturers, companies that create product. They may not necessarily actually manufacture it themselves. They may actually act as a middleman for the manufacturer particularly given the fact that most finished goods now are made overseas. So, for example, in the case of T-shirts or apparel, it's coming from Asia or it's coming from Central America or it's coming from Mexico. In the case of toys, it's coming from Asia, whatever. But they are companies that identify themselves as manufacturers. They have, typically have a vendor relationship with a retailer or retailers so it could be a retailer like Walmart. It could be a retailer like JCPenney. It could be a retailer like Amazon. It doesn't really matter, but they typically have vendor relationships. Those vendor relationships help them to win the license. Or they could be a smaller retail entity where they're selling directly online. 
through, say, Shopify or through Etsy or through Pinterest. All of these online entities have now e-commerce. And uh, we're actually seeing an exponential speeding up of e-commerce because of this whole pandemic where people can't shop. And frankly, most retailers, except for retailers that sell food, have been closed. So that's your largest constituency of attendees are manufacturers. Secondly, you've got retailers. You've got retailers, and that's everything from brick and mortar. Again, I say it's everything from mass to class. So it's the Army-Navy stores that sell on post to enlisted people. It's, it's the big box stores like Costco, BJ's Wholesale, Walmart, Target, TJ Maxx, and, and Marshalls. You've got mid-tier like JCPenney and Sears. You've got higher end like Neiman Marcus and and Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom's, and everything in between. So it's really every type of retailer you can imagine attends the show. And it's not not necessarily the individual buyers. So you're not going to have the kids sock buyer because each one of these big retailers has someone very specific. But what you have is the VP of merchandising or the VP of marketing or in some cases like Target, they have a head of licensing, right? So those are the people who will come. They're hunting for trends. They're looking for what's going to be a property that's going to be that I can be selling 18 months to two years from now. And that's typically what licensing expo is. It's a look into the future. It's a look into the the looking glass of what retail is going to look like 18 to 24 months from now. So if I'm that small business, whether I'm the kiosk, and I've never known anybody that doesn't own more than one kiosk, if I have that small business and I want to know what the trends are and perhaps make contact with the opportunity to retail these products, these goods and services, this is where I would go? Would I be let in the door to go see these trends and make opportunities happen? Absolutely. And typically with our live events, you need to register online, tell us what you do, and it's typically free to attend. Of course, you have to pay for your flight. Our U.S. show is in Las Vegas. So wherever you're coming from in the country, you'd have to get to Las Vegas. You'd have to get a hotel room. So for the virtual show, which is this year, because we don't have, we can't do a live event in the U.S. this year, the virtual show, anyone can attend. All you do is you're going to go online, you're going to register, and then you can attend any of the sessions. You can see that we'll have virtual exhibitors where you can go into the booth through your computer screen and you can see they're going to show you what the properties are that they're, that they're licensing for that particular year. Could be anyone from a, a movie studio to an art studio that represents artists to brand company, a brand agency that represents automotive brands or, or represents food and beverage brands. When you say represents those brands, they they could represent multiple brands where as a small business person, I could go in and say, you know, they represent a handful. And as opposed to going in for one deal, I could walk out with a dozen or depending upon how big my wallet is. That's correct. You could. Absolutely. Typically, the licensing agencies, there are some that will specialize in one area. So, for example, there's one agency that just specializes in candy brands, right? And they have every candy brand known to man. But then there's some that have pretty much everything when it comes to brands and lifestyle. You know, they'll have a maybe they'll uh, represent a motorcycle brand and a beer brand and a whiskey brand and a, a fashion and apparel brand. So you can actually, as you go through these these booths, it's really fascinating because you'll learn so much about what's available, and you'll be amazed at what's available out there because brands that we know as consumers has some form of licensing. 
And the reason that is, is because their core business is manufacturing. If I'm Nabisco and I'm manufacturing Oreos, that's my core business. I'm not really good at manufacturing t-shirts, but gosh, I want to sell t-shirts with the Oreo cookie logo on. So I'm going to license that, right? To use Corona beers. Corona beer, by the way, has seen an incredible increase in licensed product sales as a result of this coronavirus because people like the irony of it, right? Yes. <laughs> so oftentimes, you know, on these Zoom calls, with, whether it be with family and friends or whether it be in business, you'll see people wearing a Corona t-shirt or they'll have a Corona umbrella behind them. They think it's ironic and very funny that, oh, it's the coronavirus, I'm trapped in the house, so I'll have Corona products. So you've seen an incredible increase in Corona licensed products as a result. Very interesting. It's a candy store of products and ideas and things that literally come to life. It's like going to Comic-Con in some aspects. Yes, very much so. It's very much so. It's a Comic-Con for products. Exactly right. And you can walk out with a deal going to, whether it be the expo in Las Vegas or the virtual one online, find out how to get your product out there or get somebody else's and enhance your business model through licensing. And Stephen Extract has joined us to extract the information and disseminate it to our audience right here on Business Soup. Stephen, I want to invite you to come back on and we're going to be doing another interview about what does it mean to license your product, goods and services right here on Business Soup. Stephen, thanks for being a part of this serving of Business Soup. My pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevois, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>